And I'll begin reading at verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know of your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently as soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I, though thought it necessary to send to you, Aphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my need. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, near unto death. But God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more eagerly, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ he was near unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for the reading of your word and for this record of these who serve you and sacrificed in so doing. I pray, Father, that you will bless each one of us to receive the word here and that we may also be much encouraged in our service and sacrifice for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is an interesting record, of course, uh, concerning the uh, work of the uh, these three men, actually, as uh, offered here. Not only Paul was very much involved in uh, service for the Lord, but he was, of course, uh, living under the rule of those oppressors who would ultimately uh, see him die for his faith. And then he mentions Timothy, who um, he calls a son, like a father to a son. He had this close relationship with young Timothy. And uh, that young Timothy was like-minded, even as the apostle was like-minded to serve the Lord. And then thirdly, he mentions Epaphroditus. Uh, one who came as a messenger unto him, but then because of his service and his willingness to travel to see the apostle, we find that he became ill himself, and 
Paul desired to send him, of course, back to uh, the uh, Philippian church that he might uh, be able to report to them how things were going there with Paul. Whenever we see people in the scriptures such as this being an, an example of Christian service, we should take much encouragement from them because they serve as um, an example through the word of God how that the Lord would have us also serve. And I know sometimes we hold people up like the Apostle Paul, like they are larger than life. But actually he was a human being like you and I. And we should realize that they, are, they reflect the kind of love and service that was necessary to carry the gospel throughout the Mediterranean area of which uh, Paul became the servant to the Gentiles. And because uh, they carried the gospel, uh, they became known as those who were in service and sacrifice for Christ. And so we should take encouragement from them and see their life and uh, seek to emulate the good principles to which Paul here speaks. Three areas I'd like to mention under the title of the joy of service and sacrifice. Uh, first of all, my service and sacrifice is made complete for your sake and the gospel. That is basically what Paul is communicating to the church at Philippi. Um, in verses 17 and 18 and we'll go into that a little bit as we look at that secondly the ministry of Christ is made possible by those who are like minded to serve and of course Timothy was that person Paul could point to who was like minded with him and uh, of course uh, he gives the indication there that people who are like minded to do this kind of service and sacrifice are very few. And that speaks volumes to us about the Christian ministry. And then thirdly, the selfless service of some prove them as a brother, a co-laborer, and a soldier in service and sacrifice. And um, of course this is Epaphroditus. He was a brother in faith. He was a co-laborer to the apostle and he was a soldier of the gospel of Christ. And so each of those terms, of course, has some significance and meaning as to Christian service. Uh, so we'd like to look at these three areas and just take some things from it if we could. Let's begin with verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Well, what is he actually talking about here? We find that most uh, of the opinion he is uh, talking about uh, actual sacrifice. Uh, he, be, would, he would become a martyr for the Lord, right? 
uh, in his his desire to serve and to be a apostle to the Gentiles. And so this um, this particular phraseology um, has some biblical roots to it. In fact, in the first century, there were many people who were sacrificing by way of of uh, animal sacrifice. Uh, the Jewish people, of course, offered many sacrifices. And we find that, uh, that those sacrifices were uh, brought as unto the Lord. And then we have also the pagan world. Well, pagans offered sacrifices. At one particular point, they wanted to sacrifice uh, an animal, as it were, to a couple of the disciples, you know, thinking that they were gods or something. But uh, they were restrained from doing so. He said, don't, we, we are not gods, we, we are but men, mere men. Um, so the animal sacrifice even among pagans was common. And so what does he say? He says, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. It also carries the thought of pouring out a drink offering. Paul, in a sense, was saying that he was willing to be poured out for Christ. Now, we, we know that uh, his sacrifice was a, um, a spiritual sacrifice of faith and service for the Lord. And so this idea of being poured out for Christ, for being um, a sacrifice for the Lord, uh, he mentions, a, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, now, obviously, um, the people at Philippi, they had uh, endeavored to do whatever they could to help the apostle. And so, um, the sacrifice of which the church at Philippi made was to uh, send money and support. And uh, um, in the case of the Epaphroditus, they were sending Epaphroditus over to Paul to help him. And uh, we find that uh, this endeavor of, of sending and serving was their part, Paul's part, was that he was willing to offer himself also or to be poured out as some term it as an offering for them and if I be offered if I, Paul, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith and so uh, this example of offering up oneself or something in sacrifice to God of course is not only the idea that Paul gleans from the Old Testament but is in the Old Testament. In fact, I've included a particular reference here, 2 Samuel 23:16. Now, this is interesting, this idea of sacrifice and pouring out oneself or pouring out a drink offering upon a sacrifice because we find in this particular reference here in 2 Samuel 23 Beginning in verse 13, we find an unusual situation that David had some mighty men, soldiers, if you would, who were willing to sacrifice themselves if necessary for him. 
And so, we, you know, as much as we talk about the principle of animal sacrifice and pouring out of a drink offering upon an, uh, upon an animal, Paul here, he is uh, offering himself as much as the people at Philippi. And so it is a spiritual sacrifice. Well, uh, doesn't Romans say something to that effect in Romans chapter 12? That we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, well let's read this passage here in Second Samuel so you can see the connection. And three of the, verse, beginning of verse 13, And three of the thirty leaders went down and came to David in the harvest time when the, uh, unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. And David was there in a stronghold. And the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink of it, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of men who went and in jeopardy of their lives, therefore he would not drink it? These things did these three mighty men. Being poured out, pouring out something unto the Lord. Now the Apostle Paul, what was he doing? He was pouring out himself as a sacrifice in service for Christ unto the Lord. And the literal example in this particular case of, a, of another sacrifice is this. These three, these three mighty men, they loved David so much. They loved to serve him in the Lord so greatly that they broke into the camp of the Philistines at Bethlehem. They killed whoever was in the way. They gathered some water from the well of Bethlehem, took it back to David, and David says, I won't drink it. I will pour it out unto the Lord. It is as a sacrifice unto the Lord. I wonder, have you ever considered, ever considered what Paul is really saying here, that he is willing to be poured out unto the Lord in sacrifice for those of like faith. As he writes to the church at Philippi, he says, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice, upon the sacrifice, as one would pour out a drink offering upon a sacrifice and serve of your faith, in service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. 
For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. You see, it was reciprocal, wasn't it? The people of Philippi were doing this as much to the apostle as the apostle desired to do it for them. They were like-minded in this. Isn't it also true that we are like-minded when we support someone like Ed Seeley, who is a missionary and is doing the work of evangelism? Isn't it true that we are like-minded as we give our offering to help support him and as we pray to help support him? You see, like-mindedness means that there is a reciprocal feeling between two parties and in this case the church of Philippi they cared for the apostle and the apostle cared for them and he wanted them to know that he cared you know by way of application if we take something like this for an example it should give us a different highlight upon how we feel about serving for the Lord. That our service for Christ is like an offering. It is like an offering unto the Lord. You know, sometimes we might not feel that way. Sometimes we may feel it's a burden that we can't carry. Sometimes we may think that it's just some obligation I have. Sometimes we might even think, I don't know, Lord, if I want to continue with this. I mean, it's, it's just too much sometimes. Do you suppose the Apostle Paul ever felt that way? I think probably. I think probably in many of the circumstances that he faced. Being shipwrecked and beaten and being thrown into prison and uh, under Roman guards and perhaps being chained to uh, a soldier even though he was under house arrest or being accountable to a soldier constantly and not having the freedom that he would desire to have. And so the sacrifice and service was in the Apostles' words I joy and rejoice with you all. Now, you see, that's quite amazing too, isn't it? He says, I joy and rejoice with you all. And many times we have conflicting emotional feelings about the things that we do. If the Lord has really called us to serve, we do take a great deal of joy and satisfaction in serving the Lord. But that does not come without a price. And we find ourselves sometimes in an emotional conflict because of it. But the example stands. As much as even in the Old Testament when, his, when those three mighty men said, We will go. We will break through into the camp of the Philistines. We will get the water for David. Because he has said, he didn't send us. He didn't send them. 
They went voluntarily. You see, that's what service is all about, isn't it? It's when you go voluntarily, not because you have an obligation and somebody is standing behind you pushing you forward. No, you go because, because it is something you want to do to serve the Lord. And these three mighty men, they wanted to serve David. But remember, they were those who also loved the Lord. As much as they loved David, they loved the Lord too. That's why they were with him. And even as they served David and offered the gift unto David, what did he do? He poured it out unto the Lord. Paul was being poured out unto the Lord upon the sacrifice and service of their faith at Philippi. And that leads us to understand that it's no different even today. Not if we would be true servants of the Lord. Well, the next one that we see here, that the ministry of Christ is made possible by those who are like-minded to serve. Like-minded to serve. Well, in this particular case, as we look at verse 19 through 23 and read but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state for I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for we all seek for, for all seek their own not the things which are, are, are Jesus Christ but ye know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently as soon as I shall see how it will go with me. Because there were several things going on here. Uh, first of all, we find that um, Timothy um, offered a great deal of comfort to the apostle. Uh, he was a young pastor, as we might say, being trained uh, in the ministry. He was uh, kind of in an apprenticeship program as he was learning uh, through the apostle. I mean, what better teacher, right? Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, pastors will take on apprenticeship programs. I remember years ago when of course, I was going to Bible college at the time. They would send us out on the weekend. We'd have to go to the nursing home or to uh, an assisted living home or someplace like that. And it was kind of like an apprenticeship program that they had us on. Where we went out there and did some practical things. Like preaching to these elderly people who loved the Lord. Many of them knowing the Lord as their Savior. They loved the Lord. And here we were young pastors and we were to go in and we were to preach to them and to encourage them. And then at other times we found ourselves being sent out to do some local evangelism, knocking on a few doors, giving out some tracts, trying to witness to people. And all this became an important part of of our training as young pastors, young would-be pastors, kind of like an apprenticeship program. But then, of course, they, there's, that carries on uh, with many pastors today. They will take on somebody and, 
and train them up uh, after they've graduated from, from seminary or college. And young Timothy, he was kind of like in this. He was kind of like in, a, in an apprenticeship program with the apostle, uh, though he doesn't call it that. And uh, the apostle was comforted of young Timothy. I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. So he wanted this young pastor to go to Philippi and to kind of report back, if possible, that he might know how that, that the people of Philippi, the Christians of Philippi, were getting on. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. He says, I don't have anybody else. Nobody else to send. Well, how many times in the ministry do we find ourselves kind of short-handed, so to speak? Uh, we, we'd like to get some, perhaps some work done, and uh, we find that there are very few people who are willing to go and do that kind of work that we need to do. Uh, what did Jesus say? That the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few? And... Uh, you know, that kind of thing is, is pretty much the way that it is in the ministry. You seldom have an overabundance of people who want to do the work of the ministry. Generally, they, and, and they have other obligations that they are seeing to. And um, verse 21, he says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. That's like saying, well... They're involved in taking care of their families. They have to get up and go to work every day. Um, and uh, there's a lot of things that somehow are, are really taking up their time and they just cannot do what I want young Timothy to do. Well, you know, that is true, isn't it? That is very true. And we find that uh, sometimes, even, even those who are involved in full-time Christian ministry uh, find themselves torn in many different directions. You don't know which way to go first sometimes. You know, you've got to, you've got to do some studies in the, in the office. You, you should do some visiting uh, for, with people in the community. Um, you have this sense of burden and a big question like, Lord, what do you really want me to do about reaching these people? I mean, how can I reach them? How can I, uh, can I really uh, bring them to Christ? And, and so you're struggling with the outreach kind of thing all the time. And, you know, then you have the kind of things that go on every single day that you're, you're trying to handle as well. Uh, so it's difficult. And young Timothy, you know, he's the one that the, that the apostle is relying upon. Verse 22, But ye know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Now this is, this is Timothy. Timothy says, you know that young Timothy has served with me in the gospel. He is like a son to me. And that Paul really cared for him and wanted, of course, uh, to use him in, in the work of the ministry. Um, verse, the tw verse 24, But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Well, Paul wanted to come. He, he, he needed to send Timothy. 
He wanted to hear what's going on at Philippi. He knew he didn't have very many people like-minded to carry on the work. I'd just like to say to you, only those who are like-minded in Christ will serve in the gospel with you. Only those who are like-minded. And, and it, goes on, it goes further than simply saying that you're a Christian. In other words, it's like saying, only those who have the real burden to serve will serve with you. You see, if you want somebody that's really going to do something in the ministry, they've got to have a burden for it. They've got to really have a burden for it. You want a Sunday school teacher? They've got to be burdened to, to minister to children. My wife loved to little children. She loved the little ones. She worked with head staff for like 12 years. And she loved these little children. But, you know, in the church, she always gravitated to the little children. And she, she just loved to get along with the little ones and talk to them and, and uh, tell them about Jesus. And when there's a little room up back there where she used to take the little children, Steve's grandchildren, and on the on the whiteboard and on the on little tablets and things, there's all kinds of little notes written. Um, I love Jesus, and of how that they were working on little stories about Jesus, and and the children were writing them down. I'm just saying that to say this, you know, when you have a burden to do something, you gravitate to it. You can't. It's difficult to give somebody else the burden that you have. I mean, obviously, Ed Seely has a burden to win souls for Christ. That he wouldn't be doing that if it were not true. Pastor Ball was doing pastoring because he has a burden to minister and to teach the Word of God. You know, I've done it for thirty years because. That's what God has sent me to do. And, you know, that's what we need to have. We need to have this burden. We need to have this like-mindedness. Paul was talking about a like-minded burden upon the service and sacrifice of one's faith. And that's why that Timothy is mentioned here. Timothy was not just anybody. He was a young pastor coming up in the faith, being trained, who had a burden for the ministry, who loved the Lord, and Paul knew it. And he was putting him out there. You know, when we, ha when we find somebody who's really burdened for ministry, we should be willing to put them out there if they will go. Do what we can to train them up and to use them because that's how they're going to really learn and be able to carry on the ministry. And so Timothy was this kind of young man. And then, but let's look at 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10 as we you know, try to put all this together. Um, 
I like this passage. I sometimes, more often than not, I, I quote part of it many times. First Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10, it's, it's only just a short uh, selection, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, here's Timothy being mentioned again, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Those three words, I think, say much to us in verse 3. The idea of work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope. Those three words speak volumes. And um, that's really what was going on in the mind and heart of the Apostle. As much as he is talking about the Thessalonian believers here, he is talking about his own service for Christ. There, his work of faith, his labor of love, his patience of hope, because that is what he was trying to communicate to them uh, also at Thessalonica, which he knew that they were, were carrying on. Verse 4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that ye were examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything for they themselves show of what manner of entering in we had among you how, God, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead even Jesus and who delivered us from the wrath to come well of course the closing verses there really that's, that's the gospel, right? That's the gospel. That's what is to be preached. That Jesus is raised from the dead, even as Jesus delivered us from the wrath to come through his salvation. Well, the labor of faith and hope and work, all these three, well, young Timothy was exampling these three to the apostle and and was serving because he was like-minded, because he was burdened. Thirdly, the selfless service of some proved them as a brother, a co-laborer, and soldier in service and sacrifice. And of course, this is the remainder here of this passage in Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 25. Yet I thought... It necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my need. 
For I longed after you all with full uh, and was full of heaviness because he had heard that he had been sick. Now Epaphroditus was sent to the apostle. And Epaphroditus was from the church at Philippi. And so he was a brother in Christ unto those at Philippi and was serving. Now remember, these are, these are like examples to us. Not only Paul's example of willing to be poured out upon sacrifice and service of their faith. Timothy, because he had a, the same burden that the apostle had and was like-minded. And now Epaphroditus, who also was so willing and selfless that he was willing to travel from Philippi to Rome you know, several hundred miles probably to see the apostle and to see what kind of help he could make uh, could have for him and so um, he says, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier but your messenger he is sent as a messenger, you see, from Philippi and he that ministered to my need and so he, he was so selfless in coming and so willing to, to labor with the apostle, he was like a brother who had the same burden. He was like a companion who was willing to labor with him. He's like a, a soldier who's willing to put himself in harm's way for the sake of the gospel, you see. And that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. If you can find somebody like that in the ministry to work with you, then you've got something very special. You've got something very special. And you should look for that. You should, be, you should seek to be that because that is the kind of thing that really is a great help to those who are serving. Verse 26, For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because ye had heard that he had been sick. And so, you know, his... Here is Epaphroditus, he's doing everything he can, he's fallen sick, and what is his big problem now? Well, he's so worried about the people of Philippi. <laughs> you know, he's saying, what about the poor people of Philippi? How am I ever going to get back to them, you see? And uh, he wants to. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I wonder how many times this better missionary felt the same way. The same way. Here they are, they've, they've, they've taken themselves and they've gone some, to some other country and they're serving the Lord. And they've gotten sick. And they perhaps are really in terrible physical straits. And they're so worried about the people back home who are supporting them and praying for them too, even as they are laboring where they are. I believe it was William Carey who lost his whole family while he was in India, seeking to translate the Bible into their language. I think he lost his whole family. But he stayed and completed the work God gave to him to do. Because he was so burdened to do the work. So selfless. You see, each one of these people offer us an example of something. Paul willing to be poured out.
Timothy, who had a burden to be like-minded, and Epaphroditus, who was completely selfless. Virtues that, wow, if we had all three of them at once, huh? And, and so what does he say in verse 28? I send him therefore the more eagerly that when ye see him again he, ye may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. So Paul, of course, wants to send him back. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. He says, you know, receive him. Receive him. He is he, truly desirous to come back and, and I am going to send him to you. Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. Paul didn't want them to think that he had fallen into some sin and was sick because of that. No. No, this was for the, the, the sake of the ministry. You know, sometimes pastors do become sick just because they are worn out. Well... I think that's pretty much what Ed Seeley was telling us. He, he has the only 50% kidney uh, ability because he was on some kind of medication which the doctors didn't monitor close enough and has affected his kidneys. But he continues to serve. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that hundreds if, if not thousands of missionaries and pastors who have you know suffered the same thing for the work of the ministry each one of these are an example to us Paul that he was willing to be poured out Timothy that he had a burden to be like minded with the apostle Epaphroditus that he was selfless Examples to us, and that's why they they're included here to be an example to us. Shall we pray, loving Father? We do thank you for your word to us. Pray you will encourage us in the work of the ministry, in our walk of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yes.